0: Well, good morning, church. Pretty well summed it all up, didn't it? This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's good to be in God's house. Amen? Amen. Started off with a baptism and uh, worship and praise. I'll tell you what, it's a great place to be. What an amazing, amazing God that we serve. I want to share with you, instead of telling it multiple times, I will tell you once, I think I have sold my house... And I think I have bought a house. <laughs> so, uh, God willing, and everything goes through, uh, we'll be over here within the next three to four weeks, I hope. We're just praying that God's will is done and that we seek what he wants in our lives. I. Uh, The message today that I wanted to share with you is called A Message That Will Change Your Life. And as we watched that video, it occurred to me all of the things that have happened throughout time, but yet God has continued to pursue mankind. What a wonderful, wonderful story that is. I want to read a passage of scripture to you today from the book of Corinthians. I love 1 Corinthians. This is in chapter 15. I'm going to read four verses, and here's what it says. Brothers and sisters, I'm making known to you the good news which I already told you which you received and on which your faith is based. In addition, you are saved by this good news if you hold on to the doctrine I taught you, unless you believed it without thinking it over. I passed on to you the most important points of the doctrine that I had received. I want you to listen to this. Christ died to take away our sins as the scriptures predicted. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the story of redemption that can change our lives, give meaning to our lives in this world that seems sometimes so chaotic. Thank you for Jesus that came and walked among us, Lord, and gave us an example of your love. So we pray now that as we share this time together, God, use me, speak through me. May your Holy Spirit speak to each one of us the words that we need to hear today to be encouraged. So when we leave this place, God, we can say it's been good to be in your house and we can be encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the most important things that I've learned in preaching over the years is that you got to say what you mean and mean what you say. Because sometimes you can be misinterpreted the things that you say. Sometimes it can be misunderstood. So you have to really be clear, you know, sometimes about that. It reminds me of a story that I heard about Yogi Berra. He was sitting on a platform with his wife and the mayor of New York. He and the team were being honored for winning another World Series, and the mayor's wife looked over at Yogi, and she said, "Uh, Yogi, you look real cool today, to which Yogi replied, well, ma'am, you don't look so hot yourself. You got to say what you mean, and that's about the way my wife reacted to that when I told her that the other night. But it's the truth. You have to say what you mean and mean what you say. And sometimes things that we say aren't really clear, you know. It's like the guy that was riding around in the convertible with two penguins in the back seat. So he's riding around in this car with these penguins in the back seat. And, and he looks up in the mirror and this police officer pulls him over. And he comes up there and he says, what are you doing? And he says, well, we're just riding around, me and these two penguins. He said, you take those penguins to the zoo now so he said yes sir and he took off you know next day same road same car same guy two penguins well this time the one's got on a visor and the other one's wearing sunglasses and the cop pulls him over and he says hey I thought I told you to take these penguins to the zoo he to the zoo he said I did and they liked it so well today we're going to the beach Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Messages can be miscommunicated or misunderstood. Do you ever call a number on the phone and you miss it by one? Oh, my goodness. I've done that. And it's horrible sometimes, you know. And now we have caller ID. And so if you call and you hang up, sometimes they'll even call you back and go, Who was this? Who is this? You know, I've had that happen. And then you, you know, I'm one of those people that just talk and talk and talk. So I'm like telling who I am, trying to explain it. It was an accident, blah, blah, blah. But we have to express our message in our conversation. We have to say what we mean. Messages are really important. Now, some of them are more important than others. For example, if you are given a message about taking medication and you get that mixed up, or you're riding along, you see a sign, and you misread the message, and it says road closed, that could be a problem, couldn't it? Today, we're sharing the most important message, I think, in the world. It's it's a message that could, no, it will change your life. It's, it has a history of that. And that is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, I believe today that there's no message in the world that's as important as the message of Jesus Christ. Paul, talking to the church at Corinth, explains to them about how important it is that we follow Jesus. Jesus. And he reads these scriptures to them. And, you know, Paul was at this, at this church, and as he's writing to them in, verse, in chapter 1, verse 18, he, here's what he said. He said, I, I didn't determine to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. It was an important message. It's the greatest story that's ever been told. Interestingly enough, in this great country of ours, I've run into people who've never heard the gospel message. Now, that's hard to comprehend. I met a young man not too many years ago, and I started talking to him, and and he started talking about religion. It just came up out of the blue. When you tell people what you do, you know, that you're a pastor or that you're a worship pastor, which is what I was at the time, people began to talk, and he started talking about it. And he said, you know, I just never have been much of a religious person. I said, do you know the story of Jesus? He said, well, not really tell me about it. Really? And I did, and it was an honor, and it was a privilege to do that. Don't ever take for granted that people know the message of the gospel. Someone said it like this when we talk about the gospel. It means different things to different people. When you say the word gospel, you look it up in the dictionary. The word gospel, the definition is the teachings of Jesus or the apostles. Another definition is it's one of the first four books of the New Testament. It's a selection of any of the gospels included as a part of a religious ordinance. It's a teaching or a doctrine of a religious leader, Something as an idea or a principle accepted as unquestionable truth. Those are all different definitions that people have of the gospel. If you think about it, the word gospel is used in a lot of different ways. I remember growing up in the country, country people would say, if he tells you that, it's the gospel, you can take it to the bank. Remember that phrase? It's, the, it's true, meaning that it's true. I remember gospel music had a specific connotation. Gospel referencing a doctrine... His writings were gospel for those who followed him. But as for me, as I grow older, it's more important that as we talk about a lot of things in the church, we should always present the gospel somewhere in our services and give it an opportunity and give people an opportunity to respond. That's the mission of the church. Somebody say amen. We should continue to preach the gospel and spread the good news Notice that Paul, when he talked about this, was sharing with these people. You know, the, uh, the church at Corinth was kind of an interesting group of people. But he says to them, Brothers and sisters, I'm making known to you the good news which I already told you about, which you received and on which your faith is based. The first thing that we have to do to share this gospel is we have to make it a priority. We have to prioritize the message of the gospel. And we should do that as a church. We should do that as an individual's. Even in the early church, there was a need to remind people what the gospel was. Paul reminded them, he said, in addition that you're being saved, you need to be reminded about the good news. The gospel is so important, it is how we're saved. It's not one of the messages of the church. It's the most important message of the church. It's not the only message, but it's the most important. Paul didn't just talk about making it a priority. He preached it everywhere he went. And you know what? It caused him a lot of grief, didn't it? caused him a lot of grief. This city of Corinth, if those of you that have studied this book, it's interesting. It's like a fight started and a fight was going on and a church broke out. It's true. It's kind of the way this church was. You have a church in the book book of Corinthians. Paul's writing to these folks. There was incest going on in the church. There were people claiming superiority of preaching, of, of speaking in tongues, and having spiritual gifts and being superior over others. They were fighting. They were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. You can't make this up. And so he's writing to them and instructing them about the message Of the gospel you see All of these topics that I just mentioned that he's talking to them about He comes back to this and he says it's important that I remind you That the priority of the gospel is what this is about It's not only the message of the church, but it's the main message of the church and folks when we stop that Here when we stop preaching the gospel here, we've lost our sight. We've lost our way We have to do that Everything that we do is to reach lost people, should be reaching out to the world and preaching the gospel. Our mission is determined by our message. Others determine their message by their mission. Think about companies in the world, you know. uh, There's one airline used to say, we love to fly and it shows. And that was their mission, was to fly people. Their message was to let people know that they did that but the church has a message and it's the gospel and our message mission is to spread the gospel the mission is to spread the gospel 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2 Paul said I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified it's important that we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that we make people encounter Jesus Christ in the sense of the way that we live you know, it's sad that sometimes when you talk about Jesus and you say you're Christian, people kind of back up, don't they? Come on. Maybe because they had a bad experience or whatever. So it's our, it's our job, it's our, pers- our pro- priority as Christians to share the gospel and to share the good news and to show them what Christ can do. The second thing that we have to do with this message is we must recognize the meaning of the gospel, Verse 3 in this chapter that we just read, it says, Christ died to take away the sin of the world. Now think about that for just a second. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Christ died to take away the sins of mankind. The message And the meaning of this message is redemption. And Jesus, unlike any other person before or since, set a precedence with what he did right there. You know, the year that Jesus was crucified in that time frame, it's estimated there were over 30,000 crucifixions in that time period. 30,000. And we don't know the name. I don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you're a studier of the time or history, but... Not one other person do we know the name of that was crucified at that time. We know the name of Jesus Christ. you know why? Because he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And that's the meaning of the gospel, friends. See, God created man, and he put him in this beautiful place, and he wanted to be in fellowship with him. And as man walked along there, guess what happened? Satan came along. And Satan tempted man, and man was free to choose, and he chose to turn his back on the Lord. And God provided provisions there to be back in a relationship with him because he pursued man. Remember the story? Adam, where are you? God was pursuing him. The deal was broken, but God pursued him. And you know what? That's what God continues to do today. And that's what he did through Jesus Christ. And that's the meaning of the gospel. Because sin entered the world, Jesus came and died on a cross, paid the price for our sins. This is old school preaching here, ain't it? But it's truth. And it's the greatest message that the world has ever heard. One account said that there are... uh, In those crucifixions that the other names were not remembered we remember jesus because of who he was You know, I spoke with a man this week And I told him that god loved him so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for his sins his reaction was Why would he do that? Why would he die for my sins? I said it's grace You see It's grace that God loves you and he loves me so much that he sent his son to die and he shed his blood and he shows grace to each one of us. What he did for our sins and for yours and mine, he died for those sins. Verse 4 says, he was placed in a tomb, he was brought back to life, and on the third day, as predicted, as the scripture said, he rose. You see, this is an important part of the message that Jesus Rose from the dead. That's why we do baptisms. When someone comes forward and accepts Jesus into their life, it's an outward display, folks. When you go in the water, you're burying the old man and the new man comes forward in the newness of life. Hallelujah, amen. That's something to get excited about, isn't it? It's a life changing experience. And because of what Jesus did, we're changed. And that's why this message, I wanted to share this with you, is because it changes our lives. We're not who we used to be. He was placed in the tomb, and he rose again. Romans 1, 16, I want to read this to you. The greeting that Paul writes to the church at Rome, here it starts off like this. He says, from Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, and appointed to spread the good news of God. God had already promised this good news through his prophets and holy scriptures. The good news is about his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. See, he wasn't just preaching this to Rome or to uh, Corinthians. He was preaching it in Rome too. In his human nature, he was a descendant of David. In his spiritual holy nature, he was declared the son of God. This was shown in a powerful way when he came back to life. When he came back to life, it was shown in a powerful way. Through him, catch this, through him, we have received God's kindness and the privilege of being apostles who bring people from every nation to the obedience that is associated with this faith. This is for the honor of his name. And you are among those who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. The good news is that Jesus came and died in human, he came in human form and he was a descendant. And he, he died for you and he died for me. Did you know that in the bible when jesus came on the scene that he fulfilled over 300 prophecies that were in the old testament When people try to discount this story of the gospel I always bring that up because I you know when you get in discussions today The biggest thing that I find is people say well, you know, I don't believe that book I just don't believe that book and I love to do this especially if i've got one in my hands. You know what I say Show me where it's wrong Uh, Nah, 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 nah. Usually that's what they'll do. Because, see, they're taking something that they've heard. They really don't know what they're talking about in most cases. The Bible is the Word of God. And it speaks truth. And when you look at these facts and you see these things, you see the fulfillment of Scripture, you see how it's intertwined. And from the very beginning, as I was saying a while ago, there's a story here. And the story is that God loves you, and he loves me, and he loves mankind, and he's pursuing you today with everything he's got. And it's a message that the world needs to hear because, you know what, it will change your life. The third thing is we must emphasize the might of the gospel. Why is the gospel message so important? Because it's the only message that can change our lives. The gospel is the only message that has the power to take a person from sin to salvation. From darkness to light. From hell to heaven. I was uh, involved with some folks years ago in my ministry, and, and I was talking to a guy, and I, and I led him to the Lord. It wasn't anything I did. He, he was miserable. He had an addiction problem, and he accepted Christ, and through a program, he, he became clean and sober. And I remember him sharing his testimony, and he said, God changed my life. I came to believe in a power greater than myself whom I choose to call Jesus Christ and he changed my life And it it made a difference And people. We would go out somewhere and people would see him They knew him and they would go what happened to him? He said i'm not the same guy I used to be I don't have the same desires that I used to have. I don't have I don't frequent the same places that I used to go Thanks to calvary as the song says i'm a new man I'll never forget, we were sitting there one day, and he was talking about the book of Corinthians. And we were reading this story. We were studying it in a Bible study. And, and he sat there, and after we got done, it said the, I said, this was a letter, and so you, we've done the whole study about the book, and it's about love and, and this church that we're trying to get some instruction to. And, and I said, uh, what do you think about this letter to the Corinthians? And my friend who I'm talking about looks at me, and he says, you know what? I just thank God that I got the letter. Thank God I got the letter. Isn't that a great story? It changed his life. Here's a guy that was rougher than, oh, get out. And he was still kind of rough, but you know what? The Lord was working on him, changed his life, and, and made a difference in his life. And it'll do that. It will do that. The gospel message is the only one that has the power to change us. You see, we are to preach the gospel of truth, and it's a message of salvation. It's a message of hope. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. The name is Jesus. In 1 Peter 17, I want to read this to you. Check this out. First Peter 1, 17 through 20. Look at this. He says, So if you call God your Father, live your time as temporary residents on earth in fear. He is the God who judges all people by what they have done, and he doesn't play favorites. Did you catch that? You say, well, you don't know me. You don't know how I've lived. Well, the, the book says he doesn't play favorites. It doesn't matter. Realize that you weren't, set, you weren't set free from the worthless life handed down to you from your ancestors by a payment of silver or gold, which can be destroyed. Rather, the payment that freed you, as he writes to these folks, was the blood of Jesus, the precious blood of Christ, the lamb which no defects with no defects or imperfections. He is the Lamb who was known long ago before the world existed. But for your good, he became publicly known in the last period of time. This is the most wonderful time in history to live because we live in an era that's under the era of grace. You ever think about it? Grace really isn't fair. I believe the gospel message is the only message that has the power to take a person from sin to salvation. And I believe it's important. See, if the gospel is not true, then nothing else really matters. If the gospel is true, it's the only thing that really matters. And that's the gospel truth. And grace is bestowed upon all of us today. And when we talk about fairness, really and truthfully, grace is amazing. We didn't do anything to deserve it brother rob not one thing did we do to deserve grace amen but god blessed us and he shined down upon us how good is that man that makes me want to jump up and down i've been accused of being a Baptist you know the sad thing is sometimes we as christians are known when we when somebody says something about christian we're not known for being gracious we're known more for the things that we're against How sad. Then we should be known more for being the people that are a people of grace, that extend love. Why? Because God extended it to us first. Come on, you all. That's truth right there. And grace isn't fair. And I thank God that it's not fair. What was Jesus' example of grace Jesus' example of grace as we watched the Son of God on this earth walk in the form of mankind. What did he do? Well, let's think about that. He served. He served those that were hurting. He reached out to those that were in need. He fed the hungry. He gave something to drink to those who were thirsty. He's our Lord. He's our Savior. We should be doing the same thing. The message can change your life. And if ever there was a message that can change our life, it's the one about grace. Because grace is unfair. We deserve God's wrath, but instead, he gives us love. You guys know I'm a big crybaby, right? I'm fighting it really hard right here. Think about the things in my life. I think about the times in my life. And I think about how he wiped it away. When I come to him and say, Lord, forgive me. He wiped it away. How cool is that? That's grace. That's a life-changing thing. Because you know what? There's people in this world that want to hold it against you, don't they? Want to hold the things against you that you've done wrong. And some of them are in the church. Come on. But the Lord tells us to forgive one another as we've been forgiven. And he gives us hope. See, we deserve punishment for the sins in our life. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we received grace. And that's a life changer, man. That is a life-changing message. And that's the best news I've ever heard. And we didn't deserve it, but he did it for us. See, You look at those characters in the Bible. You look at those things that we put up there, those 50 words. Pretty well sums it up. Because that story that I shared with you about Adam and Eve, that's Kent. That's Kent. I was born into this world, came to a point in my life where I was free to choose. And you know what I chose? I chose to do it my way. I chose to seek my will. I chose to seek the things of the world. And it just... Ended in a dead-end deal. But because of God's grace, because of God's grace, I didn't deserve it. He extended it to me. And today he's extending it to you. And it will change your life. People say, well, I just don't know. I can't do that. You're right. You can't do it on your own. Jesus says, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And what will I give you? Say that with me. Rest. Say it. Rest. Something about that sounds good, doesn't it? I'm telling you, folks, we live in a crazy world. Sometimes I don't know whether I'm, you know, pitching or catching, as they say. Running forward, running backwards. But this I know, that God loves us. There's a great philosopher and a theologian could expound for hours. His name was Karl Barth. could expound for hours on the theological things in the Bible and God, and so somebody asked him one day as he was speaking, said, what's the greatest truth that you've ever heard? And you know what he said? Here's what he said. This sums it up today. He said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so.